Once again, I'm Stuart Mazel, pastor here. I'm thankful for all of you and for those of you who are joining us online, those of you who are listening to the podcast, thank you for that. We are continuing a series that Nathan, thankfully, began last week um, called Hospitable. And uh, I wanted to say thank you for allowing me to be away for a Sunday, preaching at another church. No, it was not a, you know, a trial Sunday or anything. Uh, they, uh, their pastor, Dan, uh, Dan Keaton, he is on sabbatical, and for some reason he asked me if I would uh, be willing to preach there, and I said, well, let me ask the elders, and the elders said, sure, that sounds like a great way of us connecting with the community, and so that's what happened. And I will say that they got a big kick out of a joke I told, so the uh, pressure's on you guys today. I told him, I said, that chill in the air that you feel, that's because the, one of the frozen chosen has come among you. And they laughed really hard. Um, I didn't think it was that funny. Anyway, today we are continuing in the series on hospitable, being hospitable. And today we're going to talk about the heart of hospitality. We're going to look at four different passages. Uh, these are from the New Testament. And we'll talk more about why we chose these four passages for today. Uh, but if you want to follow along, they're Romans 12, 13, 1 Timothy 3, 2, Hebrews 13, 2, and 1 Peter 4, 9. All of those will be on the screen. And this is what God's Word says. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. From 1 Timothy 3, 2. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And then 1 Peter 4.9, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we are thankful for your word, whether it is a long passage like we read in Sunday school in the fellowship hall today, or it is uh, sh four short verses, your word is truth. Sanctify us by your truth. Uh, cause your word to dig down deep into our hearts that we would be changed by it, that we would see more of Jesus, and that because we are Seeing Jesus, we will want to be more like him, and that by your spirit you would grow us up to be more like him, that we would really honor you. And for those who are here today or those watching online or listening to the podcast who do not know you, Holy Spirit, would you please be at work in their hearts today, that they would hear this message, even of hospitality, and hear of the hospitable nature that you show to us, and that they too would want to be a part of the fellowship of believers, and that they would believe and become a part of your people and be a part of your family. Bring that about for your glory, for our good, and for their good, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So uh, back in 2018, I believe it was, something unusual happened in our northern neighbors up in Quebec, Canada, around the estuary of the St. Lawrence River. And it had to do with a group of beluga whales, which is called a pod. If you didn't know that, that's science coming out there. A pod of beluga whales. I don't know why they call it a pod. When I think of pod, I think of those little tide pods that, you know, there was that thing a while back where teenagers were licking them or something. I don't want to think about that. All right. So anyway, beluga whales. And if you don't know what a beluga whale is, here's a picture. Isn't he cute? That's a beluga whale. Um, apparently really smart because you can see that frontal lobe there is just really big. All right, so beluga whales, that's what a beluga whale looks like. Now these beluga whales were seen swimming in and playing in the estuary, but that is not what was strange. That was not what the unusual part. The unusual part was that a narwhal was swimming and playing with them. Now if you don't know what a narwhal looks like, here's a picture. That's a narwhal. See the difference between those two? I mean, if you, if you can't, let me just say, there's a really long point on the front. It's like a unicorn in the sea, narwhal. And this narwhal normally is about 600 miles up north, further up north than the beluga whales were. And usually belugas and narwhals don't interact with one another, which is why this was so strange, that these beluga whales were treating this narwhal as if he was one of them. They were all swimming around and playing together. They were acting as if this narwhal was really one of their own. They welcomed him in. They were sharing their space and their playtime with him. They were connecting and interacting as if this narwhal was really a beluga whale. You might even say, that's a picture of hospitality. And if that's what beluga whales can do with narwhals, what about God's people? What about us? Are we called to show hospitality? I, I hope you recognize from the passages that I re read that yes, indeed, God calls us to be hospitable to others. Yeah, God does call us to be hospitable to others. And we see this in those passages that we just read. Romans 12, 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. All right. So there's a command there that, that we're told to not only contribute to the needs of the saints, but to show hospitality. And then second, from 1 Peter 4, 9, we're to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So we're, not only are we told to show hospitality, but we're to show it without grumbling about the fact that we're having to show hospitality to others. And then from 1 Peter 3, 2, therefore an overseer or an elder uh, must be above reproach. He needs to be the husband of one wife. He needs to be sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, but an elder also needs to be hospitable. Now, why would a leader 
of a church, leaders within the church need to be hospitable. We'll get to more of that later, but part of it is if God is calling God's people to be hospitable, then the leadership needs to be hospitable, right? Because usually where the leaders lead, that's what the people do, generally speaking. And then, of course, there's Hebrews 13.2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, we could spend a lot of time on that, right? And talk about, like, are angels among us? And is, um, you know, like that show that used to be on in the 80s where um, Michael Landon was the angel. We could, we could talk about, you know, does stuff like that really happen? We're not going to go there today. All we're saying is, notice Hebrews 13, 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality, and not just to the people you know, but the people you don't know. Right? The interesting thing about the early church is they did this, and they did this well. In fact, um, one German theologian, Gustav Stalin, says that one of the most prominent features in the picture of the early church, which is so rich in good works, is undoubtedly its hospitality. You see, he studied the early church, and he studied this specific issue, and he noticed that one of the most prominent things about the early church was they did hospitality a lot. They not only showed hospitality to one another, they showed hospitality to people they did not know. My question for you. Is that true of the church today? Is that a prominent feature of the church today? That we show hospitality to one another? That we show hospitality to people who are not people we know? I think that there's at least three things. Now, this isn't part of your outline. This is for free. But at least three issues keep us from being hospitable in our society. And one is that we're just too busy. We're way too busy to show hospitality. We're going, 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 and there's no margin, there's no room for saying, come and be a part of my life. A second, we tend to think of uh, hospitality more in terms of entertaining. Now, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too harsh in making the distinction between these two things, but just at least listen to the way I'm defining things. To me, entertaining is about impressing. You know, you invite people over and you have this amazing meal to show how good a cook you are, you have this table that is just amazingly put out, you know, and every, every fork is in the right place to show that you know proper manners. And you're using your best china. You would never let an everyday plate be on your table while a guest comes over. And your house is immaculate, even though 24 hours before that, you were rushing around trying to clean everything up. I know that's the case because that's what we do in our house. If you ever come over to our house and it looks spotless, it's because we knew you were coming. 
okay? So we all do this, but that's more about impressing others more than it is about simple care of another person. That's what hospitality is. And because we're so focused on entertaining, a lot of times we just don't want to do hospitality because we think, oh, the house is a mess. I wouldn't want to invite anybody over to this. I don't have anything but frozen pizza, so I wouldn't want to invite anybody to that. Rather than thinking, what would really be best for that person? Would they, would they be encouraged by being a part of my life? Maybe they're lonely. Maybe they don't care if it's a frozen pizza. Maybe they don't care if you've got laundry scattered everywhere. Maybe all they want is to be engaged with someone. That's looking at the heart of hospitality. So we're too busy. We tend to think of entertaining, and then this is the one that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, the atmosphere of our society is very self-centered. You've seen that. You know that. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. And, and it's like everywhere we go, selfishness and self-absorption is the air we breathe. And because that's the case, it's hard to show hospitality because hospitality is about thinking about the other person, right? That's what hospitality is. In fact, I would go so far as to say the heart of hospitality is love. That is really the heart of hospitality. Hospitality isn't about you know, this big major meal and having your house clean and, and having everything just right. Hospitality is really about love. Think about those two, two of the passages that we looked at today. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality from Romans 12, 13. So when you're contributing to the needs of the saints, you see that there's a need and you say, oh, I care about this person, so I'm going to contribute to their needs. I'm going to do something for them. And on the tail end of that is, and seek to show hospitality, right? Part of you sharing, part of you contributing to the needs is by showing hospitality. That's an act of love caring for people, meeting their needs, finding out where they are and meeting them where they are and bringing them into your life. That's what hospitality is about. It's about love. It's about loving other people. Or think about 1 Peter 4, 9. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, I, I think, I, I think I, I've been here, okay, so I, I'm not trying to point anybody out, because I've done this. In fact, I probably did this with one of you. I'm not going to tell you which. Just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I have been known at times to invite people into the home, and they're hanging out, and it's fine until that third hour hits. And I'm like, man... Are these people ever going to leave? And a little grumbling starts to happen. Not out loud. Oh, no, I'm too Southern for that. No, it happens right in here. A little grumbling. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's an act of love. That's saying, hey, look, if they're staying this long, maybe there's a reason. 
Maybe I need to think about what's going on with them to see why they're staying longer than when they would normally stay. Maybe there's something they want to talk about. Maybe they just are lonely and they need someone to hang out with. Maybe, I don't know, but it, rather than grumbling about it, why don't I just join in and come closer and find out more and engage more? See, our goal is not to impress people. It is to love them when we show hospitality. I've said this before. I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. One of the best ways that someone showed me hospitality was when I was in my 20s. I was going to a church in uh, Winterville, North Carolina, called Christ Presbyterian. And the Steimers were, um, they were at that church. And I got invited to their house right after the worship service. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to be great. And I walk in, and there are toys and clothes everywhere. And Mark looks at me sheepishly and says, well, my wife has just told me that all we have available is peanut butter and jelly. So I hope you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it was great. You know why? Because I knew they weren't trying to impress me. I knew all they really wanted was to get to know me. They wanted to spend time with me. And they wanted to share their life with me. And it was a beautiful thing. Same thing happened in seminary with a guy named Jimmy Agin, who actually is one of the reasons I'm here. Is uh, Apparently, he did a Bible conference here years ago. And um, Walt Kendall was the pastor at that time. And they said they were looking for someone who could do both preaching and music. And he said, I know a guy. And the reason he knew me was because when I was in seminary, he would invite me sometimes to his house to share a can of Campbell's soup. Literally. I mean, he, I would watch him open the can and just pour it into the, the pot to let it, and sometimes he didn't even pour it in the pot. He just poured it in a bowl, put it in the microwave, and stuck it out in front of me. Here, you know, this is what we're having. And it was great because I knew it wasn't about the food as much as it was about engagement, connecting. Because you see, love is at the heart of hospitality. And like Nathan told you last week, if you listened to his sermon, if you were here for that, we demonstrate hospitable love to others as we welcome them, as we share with them, and as we connect with them. Those are the words that Nathan told you last week. That's what hospitality looks like. Loving others looks like welcoming them, sharing with them, connecting with them. Hospitality is about welcoming people into our lives. And one of the things that I do want to say real quickly here, now I, I really want you to pay attention to this part. I know we're by, in the middle of the sermon, that's where people start to like fade out, you know, and they're thinking about something else. You're probably thinking about food because every time we talk about hospitality, everybody thinks about food. But hospitality doesn't have to do anything with food necessarily. The first part of hospitality is welcoming. And you can do that anywhere. You don't even have to be in your home to welcome someone. In fact, someone asked me today, how did, how did the meeting go uh, last week when you were at Harmony? And I said, they were very hospitable. 
Because as soon as I walked in the door, you know what they did? They, they came up to me and they said, hi, my name is so-and-so. I don't think we've met. That's hospitality. And you might say, well, Stuart, they knew who you were, so they were waiting for you. No, they had no idea. They didn't know that I was a speaker. In fact, when I said, oh, I'm actually speaking today, they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, who, I didn't know that's who you were. That's hospitality, is welcoming people into your space, whether that's in your home, at your business, where, in your church, wherever you are, it's welcoming people. Maybe you're going to see a movie. Maybe you want to go see Doctor Strange this week. I know everybody's looking forward to that, right? And maybe you're just going to go see that, and you welcome someone in to say, hey, I'm going Friday night, will you come with me? That's welcoming. That's hospitality. It's welcoming people into your life. And then hospitality is also about sharing with others. That's where the food comes in. You've got some food, you say, I want to share this with you. You've got a home, you're sharing your space with them. You've got some time on your hands, you're sharing your time with them. It's about sharing. And then, as Nathan said last week, hospitality is about connecting with people. It's about connecting. There are so many times where we, invite some, we do invite someone into our home, and we do share a meal with them but we're so busy doing stuff that we don't really connect with them. You know, we're washing the dishes and they're in the living room just waiting for us. Or, you know, we're like busily running around trying to make sure everything's right and they just want to connect with us. Yeah, hospitality is about connecting with people. You guys remember the, um, well, some of you are too young to remember this, but there was a show on in the 80s, early 90s, called Cheers. Any of you remember that show? I think it might be on Netflix now or something if you want to check it out. It was a very popular sitcom during the time. I think I know one of the reasons why. Because when making your way in the world today, it takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries, it sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. I was going to sing that, but my throat's a little dry, so. But I think that's part of the reason why that show was so popular, because it struck a nerve. Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to be a part of a group of people where they're welcomed in, where they not only know your name, but they connect with you, they share with you, they welcome you, they love you. Everybody wants that. And that's why that show was so popular. And I think that's part of why the church needs to revisit this idea of being hospitable, whether it's in this building 
or whether it's at our home or whether it's anywhere else, just welcoming people, sharing with people, connecting with people, because that's what love looks like. And if you're like me and you struggle a little bit with hospitality, and, and I'm being honest here, I, I do struggle some with hospitality. I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes, but I do struggle. Where do you go? What do you do to help fan the flame of your hospitality? I would tell you it's right back at the beginning of the good news of Jesus. Because you see, we are enabled to show loving hospitality to others because of the loving hospitality God has shown to us in Christ. Have you ever thought about that? We tend to think about the good news of Jesus as I'm a sinner and I have sinned and I've fallen short of the glory of God and I deserve his wrath and displeasure, but yet Jesus came and he died for my sins and he rose from the dead and now I'm freed from my sin, period. That is a huge part of the good news of Jesus, but it goes further than just that, doesn't it? Because God welcomes us into his family. He treats us as his own. He's like those beluga whales inviting the the narwhal in and playing and enjoying time. That's what God has done with us. He's invited us in and he's welcomed us into his family. He calls us his children. And he shares with us. Oh, does God share with us so much in Christ. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Not just forgiveness of sins, but also life and goodness, and righteousness, and every spiritual blessing that we could have, God the Father has poured out upon us in Christ. And not only that, and this is the part that makes my heart skip a beat. God doesn't just welcome us in. He doesn't just share stuff with us. He connects with us. He wants to know us and us to know him. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants a relationship. It's not about religious practice. It's about knowing the God who created you in his image. It's about connecting with him. And God has made everything that was wrong right in order for us to do that. Because, yeah, all of us have strayed. All of us have sinned. All of us have gone astray. We're like sheep. We just wander all over the place. But Jesus, he has taken upon himself all of the wrath, all of the judgment, all of the justice that we should have received. He was put that on himself at the cross. He died, and then he rose from the dead, and now he gives. And he says, I want to be not just your Savior, not just your Lord, but your brother, your friend. I want to know you, and you know me. He wants to connect. The God of the universe the God who spoke everything into existence just by saying, let there be. 
The God who right now is sovereignly over everything in the entire universe. There is not a molecule that he isn't sovereign over, that he's watching over right now. That same God wants to have a relationship with you. That's what you were made for. And not only does he welcome us in and share with us, he connects with us. That's the good news. And all that is found in Christ. If you are not a believer, if you haven't put your trust in Christ, if you put your trust in Christ today, if you recognize that you're a sinner and you've fallen short of the glory of God and you need to connect with your Savior, with your God, with the one who created you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and you will not only be welcomed in, you will not only have him share with you, he will connect with you. And even if you have believed, maybe it's easy for you to just kind of be religious rather than relationship. We all can connect with God. We can come boldly into his presence because of what Jesus has done for us. And we can connect with our God. That is hospitality. And if you're ever feeling, I can't show hospitality to other people, think about that. Think about the good news of Jesus and how God has welcomed you in, how he shared with you, and how he connects with you. So I haven't given up on action points. And here is an action point for you today. Now, this is a little bit more specific than what I normally do. It's going to take a little bit of um, planning on your part, probably. But the action point for this week, and it's just for this week, well, it's specifically for this week. I shouldn't say it's just for this week, but it is specifically for this week. Your action point is this. Try to show hospitality that is welcoming, that is sharing, connecting with at least one person this week. With at least one person. Now you're thinking, well, Stuart, I can't do that because my house is a mess. Didn't you hear what I just said? But also, remember, showing hospitality doesn't have to be inviting someone into your home. It can be inviting someone and welcoming into your life. Wherever that is, you could practice that hospitality with one person today. Look around the room and see someone you don't know. You can just say, hey, I don't really know you. I'm so glad that you're here. That's showing hospitality. So there are all kinds of ways that you can do this. One way I'm going to advocate, if you're not involved in a life group, this will be a great time for you to connect with Paul. You know that better call Paul, better call Paul, yeah, better call Paul sign that we have sometimes? Um, that's not just there for window dressing for you know, Paul's pretty face. That's to encourage us to connect to welcome one another into our lives, to share with one another our lives, and, and to really connect with each other. That's what, that's, that's what life groups are all about. And so if you're not involved in one, let's, let's make that happen. Get involved in one. And, then, and finally, real quick, maybe hospitality isn't your strong suit. And even doing this, you're thinking, ugh, Man, that's going to be tough. 
and you need a little bit more fuel for the fire, because I'm Presbyterian, I'm gonna encourage you to read some books. I know, books aren't the solution to everything, but there are three books that are really good, really helpful for just kind of stoking the fire. The first one is by Rosaria Butterfield called The Gospel Comes With a House Key. If you haven't read that book, man, it is such a good book to help you see what hospitality could be. A second book is called The Hospitality Commands by Alexander Strauch. Great book that's very simple and short. Only about, uh, I, think, I think it's less than 100 pages. So for those of us who don't like to read, that's a good option. And then one of the um, more simple books, because it has simple in the, in the title, The Simplest Way to Change the World by Dustin Willis and Brandon Clements, another great book just to give you ideas about what hospitality can look like. Those are three great books. Look, I need this stuff because, all right, so I'm a little uh, great honesty, I guess, openness here. Um, so Donna and I, we were walking this past week and she said, what are you preaching on this week? And I said, hospitality. And I mean, she did not skip a beat. She said, well, you're not very good at that. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I know it. And um, part of the reason I'm preaching about this is I recognize that I need to be better at it. And I told Donna that one of the things that happens for me, and I don't know if this happens for any of you, but one of the things that keeps me from doing it is I talk myself out of it. Like I say, oh, it would be great to have so-and-so over to the house. And I go, oh, they probably don't want to come to our house. Oh, they probably have stuff going on this week. Oh, they're probably going to say no. Oh, you know, oh, we don't really have anything good for them to eat. Oh, you know, the house is a mess. And I just keep telling myself those things over and over again until I'll talk myself out of it. And then three weeks later, I go, oh, I wish I had to ask so-and-so over. Maybe I can do it this week. And then I talk myself out of it again. Let's not talk ourselves out of showing love and hospitality to each other. Let's talk ourselves into it. And so here, here I know this isn't part of the action point, but it, if you're in that boat, like, let's talk, you and me, let's talk. Let's just get together and I will encourage you and you can encourage me and we'll grow in hospitality together. Deal? All right. So because of the hospitable love Jesus has shown to us, let's grow in practicing loving hospitality. And I'm going to pray for you as I pray for myself that we'll be able to do this. Lord Jesus, you have shown us great hospitality. You've welcomed us. You have connected with us. You have shared with us. You have loved us. And because of that great love and hospitality you've shown to us. Help us to show hospitality to one another and even to those we don't know. And Lord, I pray that you would start with me, that I would grow in being a more hospitable person, that I could help lead by example. Lord, help us 
to be what you want us to, to be. And even as we come to the table today, this is an act of hospitality. Thank you for giving us the bread and the fruit of the vine and inviting us to partake, sharing this meal with you and with one another. Thank you for that. Will you use this time for our good, for your glory? Amen.